Hello and welcome to Ticket to Fly News. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, joined by ski jumping commentator Peter Graves. Ticket to Fly News follows the Wiesman Fiss Ski Jumping World Cup Tour, and this week we're off to the World Ski Flying Championships in Planitia, Slovenia. Here's the headlines this week on Ticket to Fly. After three weekends of World Cup competition, we have a new leader. Norway takes a big step with a podium sweep, and COVID starts to impact the field. To take us inside the headlines, I'm joined by longtime Nordic sport commentator Peter Graves. It was a great weekend, cold, windy, but a, a couple of really amazing ski jumping comps. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. And again, without spectators, this is a city of 300,000 people in Siberia, and they love their ski jumping there. The hills are in very good shape, and they're at a very, very high standard. But, Tom, if I had to sum it up, it was the best of times, the worst of times. Or, as Shakespeare noted, blow, blow thy winter wind, because that's exactly what happened there. Uh, the wind was coming out of all different directions, and that probably the biggest factor of the weekend. You know, we came into the weekend with Marcus Eisenbeekler from Germany with the lead in the World Cup, strong performance up in Ruka, and in the first round on Saturday, it looked like he was going to run away with the show, and then it all changed. Yeah, <laughs> It, it, it was so interesting. And another example of how fickle ski jumping can be. I mean, Eisenbeekler, great first jump. On the second jump, we see those uh, dastardly winds blowing. He manages a jump of only 80 meters, which takes him down to 28th place. This is territory he's not used to being in, Tom. One thing I did want to point out, though, is despite the wind and his flight it was an example of great athleticism that he managed to land that jump it was amazing to watch him his hands moving just trying to get something out of that flight or really to salvage the the, the safety of it before he was able to put it down 80 meters is pretty short I mean that's that's like 50 meters shorter than where he'd been jumping yeah, absolutely no question about it and with that it opened the door for some other jumpers. You know, it was fascinating to watch the Norwegians, and we've seen them kind of hanging back. Halvor Egner, Granerud with a good performance in Ruka, but boy, he really, uh, he really shined. Yeah, and not only is he jumping really well, but his style points are very, very good. Uh, they're in the 19s, 18.5, uh, beautiful flights. The 24-year-old from the Oscar Ski Club just outside Oslo uh, really coming into his own. And Daniel Huber of Austria, another one who we've seen have some strong early season competitions. He was right there to take second. Yep. Excellent jumping for him. Austrians will be pleased, particularly in light of the fact that coming up in not too many weeks, we'll have the Four Hills Tournay. You know, uh, kind of sneaking into third place uh, and uh, a little bit unnoticed almost until, boy, he put down this just stunning hill record jump of 142.5 meters, Robert Johansson from Norway. Yeah, the 30-year-old is uh, really, really doing extremely well right now. You know, and he's never very far from the podium. Keep in mind, he set a hill record here last weekend on this Russian hill. So he's flying great. While Eisenbeekler paid the price for the wind, it was a challenge for everyone on Saturday, as the winner, Granerud, explained. Uh, I think today it was uh, a bit challenging, uh, of course, 
when you have uh, changeable conditions, especially of the takeoff, it's uh, it's a bit uh, challenging. But uh, I think it's uh, it's always the same things that matter for us. It's just uh, do a normal normal jumping, and then uh, everything should be fine. But uh, it was more challenging than yesterday. But Austria's Danielle Huber felt lucky to finish second, given the challenging conditions. Also, you needed a bit of luck today, but um, I think, uh, as Halva also said, um, that's part of the game, and um, we, we do have to deal with that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with my results. The wind worked out favorably for Norway's Robert Johansson, who soared to a new hill record of 142.5 meters. I think it's a bit because I've tried to be be patient uh, this uh, start of the season. Uh, lately, I've or the other seasons, I've maybe stressed a bit more in the start to show my best jumps. Uh, now I managed to yeah kind of work uh, for myself and try to focus on the right things. Uh, first jump today felt uh, quite okay, but it just uh, didn't uh, fly as I expected. So I uh, went up again, uh, motivated to show a good jump and uh, yeah, got, uh, got the longest flight of the day and uh, finished with the telemark. So of course it's a fantastic feeling. Weather impacted things in many ways, including the cold, as Johansson explains. I mean, uh, we are supposed to say that we're used to the cold, but uh, the last winters we're not really that used to the cold anymore. Uh, so it's a uh, first for us to feel uh, these minus degrees. Uh, I was uh, standing quite much still in the second round, actually, so I really felt the cold today. Uh, but I think it's nice that uh, the winter is here and the hill is fantastic prepared so uh, yeah I enjoy uh, the minus degrees so the winds and the challenges the jumpers faced on Saturday those pretty much continued into Sunday well that's true Tom it, it was a little bit better overall than it was on Saturday but uh, still challenging winds just all over the place if you watch the FIS graphics uh, coming uh, different from the takeoff to the knoll and down towards the K point so that was really a big challenge. Eisenbeekler made a bit of a comeback ended up finishing fourth on Sunday but just not quite enough to catch the Norwegians. While it wasn't a bad day for Eisenbeekler whatsoever, this was a day for Alexander Stokely's Norwegian Vikings to really put it all together and to show that extraordinary team depth while also featuring Granerud just absolutely on top of his game and perhaps unstoppable. Yeah, he's really finding his pathway, isn't he? Uh, winner of the last three competitions. Yeah, no question about it. Not only Granerud, but uh, the newcomer to the team, Lindvik of Norway. He was third after the first round. And also the veteran Robert Johansson, the mustachioed one. Everybody loves him. Uh, just a terrific day for him. Good style points. And uh, as we said, a hill record. It's a long way to travel to get to Nizhny Tagil in Russia, as you said earlier. What did the athletes think of the event over the weekend? 
the athletes had a really good time. Uh, it was a good, solid competition. Uh, while the wins are challenging, they're challenging for everybody. And as things wrapped up in Russia Sunday, athletes like Granarud, who swept the weekend, were complimentary about the hill. The preparation of the hill has been absolutely fantastic the whole week. Uh, of course, the weather is hard to do something with, but uh, considering how much wind there has been in the facility this uh, or today and yesterday, it's really impressive that we, we were able to have the competition at all. With the longest ride for the second day in a row, Johansson echoed his teammate. The preparation of the hill was uh, very nice. It was uh, almost uh, perfect. The landing was very good, uh, but uh, the wind and uh, the wind condition was a bit uh, difficult. But uh, I think it's good that uh, they managed to go through the whole competition, and uh, it was a uh, was a good weekend for uh, for us Norwegian. So Peter Grotterud has has been a good jumper, but he's definitely in new territory this season. Yeah, absolutely. And the key thing seems to be is his confidence. He said he's never been in this good a shape in his life. Three wins in a row. Fantastic job setting him up very nicely for Planitza. I asked Halvor if it felt differently defending the yellow leader's bib this weekend. Uh, I thought it would be, but uh, it felt uh, it didn't feel any different. Uh, I took an extra look at the bib uh, when I came to the hill and it was on my place in the, and I looked at it and I, it felt great, but uh, other than that, I haven't thought too much about it. Other than uh, yeah, when I look at it, it feels, uh, yeah, I, I get a little bit proud. Halvor, we've seen a host of new athletes on the podium this year. Are you surprised by the performances of your Norwegian team? Obviously, I feel really great uh, I mean I'm in the shape of my life and uh, yeah uh, I'm I'm really proud as well of uh, managing to win three in a row uh, I think it it uh, really shows how my how stable and good my jumping is and uh, the fact that we are three three here today that's uh, yeah really great uh, it felt a little bit lonely in the first first competitions, but now uh, Robert uh, has been on the podium two days in a row and could easily have won today, and the same with Marius. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the team. You know, and one of the things right now that it's not just being an athlete, it's staying safe and staying safe from COVID. The Norwegian team was successful in doing that, but there were challenges in Russia with COVID. Members of the Austrian team testing positive, including Daniel Huber, and they were out of the competition on Sunday. Uh, a number of others testing positive, and that impacted the weekend, and it'll impact Planitia coming up this week a bit. Uh, uh, Peter, This is a, it's a challenge right now. No question about it, and we're in uncharted territory. We asked Robert Johansson for the athlete's perspective after three weekends of World Cups. Uh, I mean, first of all, this is an extremely special time for all of us, um, and we feel extremely lucky to be able to compete at the moment. And uh, our responsibility is to do first and foremost the best we can, make sure to yeah, take care of those around us and uh, especially our yeah, our bubble 
so we do everything in our power to stay uh, stay healthy and uh, of course it's challenging and a bit uh, nerve-wracking when you get some positive results but uh, unfortunately this is this is the case right now um, but we still have to do the best we can and uh, cross our fingers that the situation will calm down as soon as possible and uh, we hope to compete with the audience uh, again pretty soon. So yeah, we think it's hard but uh, uh, it's worth the, the hard work to stay safe. Halvor Grotterud talked to us about jumping without spectators. I think the fact that uh, we started the season without spectators, uh, at least for me, I don't feel the difference as much as, for example, in uh, in Holmenkollen during Roer, when uh, that was the first competition without fans, and we were more used to having fans at all uh, venues. So uh, right now, it's the reality, and uh, it's a reality we just have to live with. It is a different world with COVID. Hopefully, we are on the pathway to uh, moving past that. Uh, the FIS has done a good job in getting three weekends off, but not without some challenges. And for sure, there will be a slightly depleted field in Planitia. One thing I did note, the Austrians naming their team for the World Ski Flying Championships. And Stefan Kraft looks like he will be back and jumping in Planitia this weekend. It'll be great to have him back as they try to salvage a rather depleted team. Uh, it'll be interesting who they put forward. Uh, we asked uh, Halvar Grotterud about his thoughts heading into Planitza. Well, uh, I think in every championship, uh, only the metals uh, matter. Uh, of course, we go go there with a triple today and a yellow bib and... Uh, also, uh, some uh, some of the team, uh, some in the team is uh, really famous for being good at flying, and uh, they are also showing uh, quite a good shape. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we can uh, have a fun weekend. You know, the World Ski Flying Championships in Planitia, an interesting event, originally scheduled last March. This is a championship that's held every other year. When they couldn't do it in March because of the onset of COVID, they moved it to December. We thought they were going to have some challenges. Uh, COVID, for sure, is impacting their organizing committee. Uh, but it looks like it's a go. And actually, the biggest challenge they've had this week is heavy snow that hit on Tuesday. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot has been thrown at this organizing committee for the seventh World Ski Flying Championships, a breathtaking event, normally with about 150,000 spectators in three days, Tom, but this time without that energy that the spectators bring. And one of the big stories is uh, they, uh, as you noted, uh, they were going to do this last March, but postponed due to COVID. The COVID situation has uh, continued and everybody's wondering what weather will be like in December as opposed to March. They're familiar with the air currents on that hill in March. December's a new story. Plus, another added bonus for the athletes will be they're going to be doing this all under the lights this year for the first time. But the snow continues to fall as we speak. About 70 centimeters of new snow falling overnight.
Just to give people a sense of the distances involved, a little bit ago we talked about Robert Johansson from Norway and the hill record he set in Russia this past weekend of 142.5 meters. Peter, they're jumping over 100 meters more towards that hill record in Planitia. Yeah, this is one of two of the largest ski flying hills in the world, opened back in 1969. Uh, there have been 28 world records set on that hill. The current one, Kobayashi of Japan, said in March of 2019, check this out, 252 meters, 827 heart-pounding feet. And we could look forward to more of that this weekend. About 70 competitors are lined up to take part in these championships. While the snow is subsiding, the athletes are ready. The World Ski Flying Championships in Planitia ready to go. Here's the schedule if you want to tune in wherever you are in the world. Thursday is qualifying at 1600 Central European time. Then we get into the individual competition round on Friday, also at 1600 Central European time, wrapping it up on Sunday with the team competition also at 1600. It is going to be a great event, and thank you all for joining us this week on Ticket to Fly News. We'll be with you in Planitia and bringing you all the news in next week's episode. This is Tom Kelly for Peter Graves. Thanks for listening to Ticket to Fly News.